for? An evening dismantling racism or a gumbo that sticks to your ribs? Well, at Dookie Chases, you get both, baby doll. Get your belly ready for a heaping bowl of civil rights maven and queen of Creole cuisine, Leah Chase. This is History the Sequel. today we have not one but two teen co-hosts we have Tenery and hoku joining us today to talk about an amazing woman who has been erased from history now are you both done with school yes yes what's happening this summer what are you doing um pretty much this and well i'm gonna be getting ready for college Oh, what does that entail? You're going to be packing a suitcase. Actually, you're going to be what? I'm commuting. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm going to be going to Castelli. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your what's your goal? What's your what's your goal as far as like uh what's your what's your major? What are you thinking you're going to go towards? Have you um, figured that out? So, my major is film and um hopefully maybe uh right now my future like what I want to do and everything is uh maybe director. You're being very smart by not going anywhere since you're already in LA. Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. Hoku, what do you do in the summer? Uh, not much. Just hanging around. Do you listen to Metallica? Because you have a Metallica shirt on. Yes. You do. Are you a metalhead? No. I Do you like know that variety. term? Yeah. Okay. Because I noticed your dad. Is that your dad that dropped, who dropped you off mm-hmm. today? It's not your accountant. Okay. I noticed that your dad had on a black flag shirt. Are you a black flag fan? No, I haven't really listened to them. Okay. Well... So just Metallica? Yeah. Favorite album? Um, I'd say Garage Incorporated. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Well, we, I mean, this is great because we have, you both have very different interests, yeah. film and Metallica specifically. <laughs> do you only listen to Metallica? No, no. Tinnery, do you know who Metallica is? I, I know who they are, but I've never listened to them. Okay. See, I see a crossover episode here where you just <laughs> introduced Tinnery to Metallica. We can do that. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Are you excited about college? Um, I I feel like I asked you that with a loaded tone, but are you excited to be done with high school? I'm actually really excited to be done with high school, especially because like, um, since I was senior class president, which I had mentioned to you. No big deal. uh, (laughs) Yeah, but the world, now the world knows. Now the world knows. But but, um, I guess it was just really like annoying dealing with a lot of people. So um, now I'm like, I'm done with all the stress and that. Well, I'm probably going to get myself into more stress, but. um, Are you going to run for any kind of like a student government when you go to college? See, I was thinking about that. And I think I just might. So I'm, I'm a little excited. Just a little. But I'm a little nervous. I'm really nervous. Don't be nervous. I sweat. The world is your... <laughs> oh, I have a sweater too. <laughs> That's why we both have black t-shirts on. <laughs> when you go to college, just remember college works for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You make it... You, like, they're, they're, you're the customer and they're the gap or whatever store yeah. you shop at. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they work for you. All right. Okay. You don't work for them. It's not like high school where you have to follow these rules and do all this stuff and like fall in line and do all this stuff. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. as long as you make good grades and, uh, you know, don't befriend any jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only rules for college. Um, Hoku, what grade are you going to be in next year? Junior. That's crazy. <laughs> are you excited? Uh, I think you have yeah. two. Based on your interviews, you have very, you have very two, you have two different high school experiences. Because are you are you in you're you like your school? You have a, or is it 50-50? 50-50. Okay. But what, do you think next year is going to open some possibilities up for you, like, you know, making making the school your, you know, 
you know, you're the master of the school there. They work for you. See, I'm all about this changing the attitude of you're not, you know, you're not under the school. The school's under you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. There's a phrase I want to use, but I'm not going to. But <laughs> I, I make school your bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what are you looking forward to, junior? Uh, I'm going to be out of high school soon. I'm just looking forward to that. You're just light at the end of the tunnel. Get me out of here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I respect that. <laughs> it's going to go by very fast and it's going to be over. And you know what? You're going to be like me. You're going to be 40 years old and you're going to be like, I can't believe I even survived it. <laughs> and thank God it's over. And I never talked to one. I don't talk to one person from high school. Isn't that nice? So speaking of high school and what they do wrong, erasing a lot of women from the history books and depriving you two of some knowledge about some amazing women. We're going to fix that today. Are you ready to learn about a woman who took the world by the balls, looked it in the eyes and said, who's in charge now, dog? Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you two. What do you know about New Orleans? Anything? I don't know. When I say New Orleans, does it evoke any, like... Images, do, are you like, oh, it's, uh, you know, a sandwich. They make sandwiches there. No. Um, Nothing. I know about, like, voodoo. Okay, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, okay. So, okay, we're going to learn a lot today then. Not just about um, our woman du jour, but also about New Orleans. So, I grew up in Houston, which is six hours north of, or sorry, six hours west of New Orleans. And um, the only thing I know about New Orleans, because I've only been there once, which is a travesty. Can you imagine? It's like, well, it's kind of like people in LA, how they never go to the beach. Oh, yeah. Same yeah. thing, right? So I didn't get to see, there's amazing, these amazing cemeteries there. There's, uh, I didn't get to gander at any magnificent Creole townhouses, um, any of the things there. I went there for a drill team competition, which do you have drill team in your high schools? Mm -mm. No, yes. you do. Yes. Okay, so do you want to explain what it is? Um, drill is, well, isn't it like with the... Um, you got this. I don't know how to explain it, but I know what it is. Okay, try to explain it. I bet drill. you can do it. Just, it doesn't matter if it's right. Isn't drill with the, the, the rifles or something? Oh, okay, so that we called rifle brigade. That was oh. a different thing. So I see there's, the nomenclature is different from uh -huh. state to state. Drill team in Texas is basically the Rockettes. And you dance with the marching band. So you create like formations and stuff and you dance in a lot of sequins and you put um, weird makeup on to make your eyes look uh, abnormal from the stands called fish eyes. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> Point is that we, you go on dance competitions in the South because if you're a cheerleader or you're a dancer, you got to make sure that Texas is always the best. So you go to other states and just lick them. In, 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 a, in a multitude of ways. And so we used to go to New Orleans all the time for these dance competitions. And we never got, we had like some off time because we, you know, we were technically there to, to work. But the only place we ever went in New Orleans was the Hard Rock Cafe, which is a chain, <laughs> which you can go to anywhere. And the sad thing is that that Hard Rock Cafe, we could have walked very short distance to the famous Dookie Chases, and not just had world-famous gumbo, but a little slice of herstory for dessert. This restaurant has such an amazing history, and specifically the chef who runs it. I want to get—so it was a little sandwich shop run by Emily and Dookie Chase Sr., which was a place 
uh, black blue collars workers could come get a cold beer after their shift and have their checks cashed because at this point in time when this restaurant first opened, which it was just a sandwich shop, there were no black banks. So you're getting paid with a check and you had nowhere to get your cash. So this this sandwich shop was kind of doing it all. And um, Dookie Chase Jr., the son of Emily and uh, Dookie Chase Sr. By the way, I love saying Dookie Chase, and you can't get me to stop saying it. <laughs> it is the fun. It, do you want to just say it real quick? Yeah. Go for it. Okay, say it when you say it. Okay, Dookie Chase. Dookie Chase. Dookie Chase. There you go. See, I love when you guys put your own thing on it, and I love that. <laughs> so Dookie Chase Jr. married Leah Lang. And she is the one who catapulted this restaurant into a new fucking atmosphere. She made it her bitch. That's what she did. Okay, so Leah Lang, who was born in New Orleans, and she was delivered by her grandmother. So her grandmother was her OBG, her mom's OBGYN, basically. Have you ever heard of a, um, a doula? No. Do you know what a doula is? Sort of. It used to be called midwifery. So basically back in the day when ladies could just, you know, have babies on a pile of hay, mm. like in the past, yeah, you would have someone who was an expert in childbirth and it was usually someone in your family who would deliver all the babies. So sometimes it would be your, it would be your own mom would deliver all your babies. And plus you had a lot of babies back then. So yeah. it was just like, you could just, it was just expert situation. So... And now it's kind of coming back. Doulas are kind of that for people. They're like uh, people who come with you in the delivery room and can advocate for your welfare or use more natural practices. So it's not just like wham, bam, thank you, C-section, ma'am mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all stuff that you definitely need to worry about right now in your life. Point is, <laughs> can you imagine how icky it would be right now in this culture to have your mom be your, to be your, deliver all your kids? <laughs> I, I would be grossed out. See? I think I would be, it would be awkward. Yeah. It would be awkward, right? <laughs> yeah. Hoku, how do you feel about it? Yeah, it would be awkward. Because, like, we don't do that. Yeah. We like, it's not <laughs> like we're just always, like, naked around our moms. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're so naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Leah was born in New Orleans, bathed in this, in the beginnings of the French Quarter Renaissance, which is where artists and bohemians and singers and all kinds of people started making New Orleans a cultural center kind of like Paris and New York. So they were they were bringing their art, they were exploring new mediums and and the, and it was kind of possible there cuz it was kind of a rough and rough and tumble kind of town. It was a city where its creative alcoholics were not deterred by prohibition laws. As a matter of fact, booze and prostitution and music were all holding hands with these people who were escaping quote unquote normal society. So it was kind of a free thinking place to be. Well, I mean, sort of, it was still the South, but it was, it was very progressive and dangerous and fun and exciting and all these things. So this is where, this is kind of the era that Leah Chase was born into. And even though she was born in New Orleans, she was raised in this town small town called Madisonville to live with her massive family, which was mostly, um, most, she had mostly sisters and her parents, uh, Hortensia and Charles Lang. Now she lived across one of my favorite lakes in the world to say the name of Lake Pontchartrain. And there are more consonants in this word that you don't even say. <laughs> Look at how it's spelled. Do you see it right here? It's that, that word right there. Poncher train. Wow, oh, I see it. Isn't see that crazy? It. I just love it. Anyway, now it's a gambling mecca. Everything turns sad in the future. Okay, so 
after junior high or whatever it was called in the 20s, like old old children's school, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, she did not have any further education options because in Madisonville, there was no black high school. And this is actually happening all over the country. There were a lot of reasons there was no more education for Leah available in her hometown. Number one, there was something called the Civil Rights Act of 1887, which guaranteed all citizens, regardless of race, access to theaters, and other public spaces, and most importantly, public schools. Now, it became law only to be ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court in 1883. So the U.S. tried to do something really progressive and say like, hey, if you're an American, you can go anywhere. And then the Supreme Court was like, actually, no, we're going to erase police everybody and make sure that we have uh, separate facilities for everybody. The Supreme Court in 1883, I would like to rename... The supremely terrible court. And I hope that goes down in the history books as the strongest burn anyone's ever said about this group of white guys. Okay, number two, here's what else is happening. At this time, who walks in the door after this? None other than Jim Crow laws, which were, do you know what Jim Crow laws were? No. Thoughts, thoughts? Okay, so this was legal discrimination in the U.S. So basically, it was a separate but equal uh, country. Have you heard separate but equal laws? It's essentially like, we'll have a black bus system. We'll have a white bus system. Mm. Black people don't come on the white bus because it's the Rosa Parks situation where she was like, I'm going to ride this bus. I'm going to sit in the front of the bus. I'm not going to sit in the back of the bus. This is not separate but equal. There is no such, you cannot be separate and equal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. So because of this, the Jim Crow laws, they would esta- they established separate school systems. And duh, doy, of course, the black schools were underfunded. So because they were underfunded, they didn't have all the levels. Uh, they didn't have all the yeah. grade levels. It's, it's, a, it's an institutionalized form of racism, mm-hmm. basically. Like, yeah. no, no, we're doing the right thing, but actually we're not giving you any money to do the right thing, so deal with it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a lot of marginalized groups could not go to school after fourth or fifth grade at this time. And the NAACP has a, had a study at the time that said that in the mid to late 20s, Georgia, as an example, spent $4.59 per year on each African-American child as opposed to $36.29 on each white child. That's in the 20s. So you can see it's like she, Leah Chase, like, didn't have any options, except she did because she had an auntie who lived in New Orleans and she went to St. Mary's Academy, which was a Catholic school for black girls, which was waiting for her with open rulers. I don't know. Do you know this joke? It's not a joke. Do you know this thing about the Catholic Church? They used to, like, the nuns would hit you. Oh, they would hit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that was true. Like, the Catholic Church deserves a—I mean, they've done some things wrong. But in—during this time, they were the first to open uh, high schools to uh, African-American kids— in the 20s. So after she got out of high school, like you two, she's out of high school. She's like, it's over. Yeah. I'm ready to start my life, right? She had a bunch of jobs. Here's what she did. She was a manager for boxers, professional boxers. Just straight up like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care if I'm a woman. Then she was the first woman to work the racehorse board for a bookie, which I think I know what that means. Do you have any idea what that might mean? No, no. I think it's like, okay, well, when there was gambling, this is not going to be right, but when there was gambling, instead of like, when they would announce the race, whatever racehorse was winning, there would just be someone on a board, like writing it out, 
so everyone can see standing around and then like collecting their money. I assume that's what it is. I think it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> She's at a white ho- a, a whiteboard with a marker being like, you know, Santa's little helper <laughs> came in first, which is, we all know it, the dog from The Simpsons and not an actual racehorse from the 20s. Okay, so she did all these things and then she was like, hold on. I'm going to try another job. So she started waiting tables at a restaurant with a terrible name called the Colonial Restaurant, which was in the French Quarter, which ignited her love of food and the restaurant biz and exposed her to the practices of all these expensive restaurants that only white people could eat at. Mm -hmm. Now, thank God she was inspired by her time as a waitress. Have either of you ever worked in the restaurant industry? No. No. I applied, but... Nobody ever wanted me. <laughs> okay, they did you a favor. Let me tell you about the restaurant. Here's what I learned when I was um, waiting tables in college and high school. Number one, if you are underage, if you are under 21, it will not matter. They will they will absolutely demand that you serve Miller Lite to old men if you're a woman. Oh, wow. That's what I learned. And number two, most, I would say 80% of restaurant managers are addicted to cocaine. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so Leah Chase in 1946, this is when her life changes forever. She met jazz trumpeter Edgar Dookie Chase Jr. And soon after put her knowledge of everything that she had learned, changing this corner store into a destination restaurant. Okay, how did she do that? Well, number one, she's a black woman and black women make miracles out of thin air. And I'm telling you, they're straight up fucking wizards. And I can't imagine a world the world we would have if we supported black women and allowed them to just call all the shots. We would be living in a Shangri-La. But she took a tavern in a segregated New Orleans, dumped her love of food and bringing people together and changed the very molecular structure of the air that filled Dookie Chase's. She took the things that she saw at white restaurants and started applying it to Dookie Chase's um, uh, practices. She started putting silverware on the table, tablecloths. It started incorporating Creole dishes, and she turned it into one of the first black fine dining restaurants in America. Here's what she had to say about this. I said, well, why can't we have that for our people? Why can't we have a nice space? So she started doing things differently. Now, have you two ever felt like you were excluded from a place or an experience that other people had access to and felt like, oh, well, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that one day. Have you ever felt like that? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's good. I, I'm trying to think, but I don't think so. Good. Okay. Well, the world, <laughs> guess what? That means the world is a lot better since 1923. <laughs> so she wasn't directly on the front lines for fighting for civil rights in the uh, 50s and 60s, but she was integral to the fight. This was a time when um, blacks and whites were not allowed to eat in the same space. It was this more the separate be equal law, and um, which really just kept black um, folks from participating in, in the world. But Dookie Chase was a place where civil rights leaders could come, break bread, regardless of their race, and talk strategy. So she wasn't necessarily like in Selma marching across the bridge, but she was feeding the civil rights movement. Here's what she said about that. They were fighting for something, and they didn't know what they would find when they went out there. They didn't know what would happen to them on the streets, but when they were here, they knew I'd feed them. That's what I could do for them. 
And for some reason, no one knows why, All basically what would happen is if you were a black patron going into a white restaurant, you would get arrested. It would be against the law. But, or they'd raid the restaurant. They, they're mm-hmm. all kinds of shit could go down. This never got raided once. The police left Dookie Chases alone. Wow. And no one knows why. Pretty crazy because, I mean, this was a, like, like massive civil, civil rights leaders were meeting there in the open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. openly strategizing about how to take the laws in this very city down. Mm-hmm. So when the, when leaders were sent to jail, what would they get? They'd get a big old plate of Leah Chase's creation sent to her their cells because she couldn't stand uh, the, them, the thought of them eating jail food. She was, I mean, her food was, tr- it wasn't just about the restaurant. It was making sure that people had the energy to keep this going. This is what she had to say about her role in the movement. She said, food builds big bridges. If you can eat with someone, you can learn from them. And when you learn from someone, you can make big changes. We changed the course of America in this restaurant over bowls of gumbo. We can talk to each other and relate to each other when we eat together. I mean, my God, think about how, when you think about this and the fact that people just sat down at a table and discussed things, and how food can bring people together. You think about all the problems we could probably solve in this country. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> First of all, let me go around the circle. Hoku, who's your number one enemy? And it doesn't have to be someone personal. It could be someone bigger. Who would you want to see if you could work things out with? And then what would you cook? Um, or what would you ha- what would you like to eat over? Um... Uh... I think pizza. Great. Okay. Do you have a specific kind of pizza? Not really. Any pizza. Oh. You don't care if it's mozzarella, if it's pepperoni. Um, I'll make a pepperoni pizza. Okay, good. Yeah. And then who who would you think you could solve problems? Who do you think you could convince of your side of things over pizza? Oh. Because pizza's know. super powerful. It is. I can't think of one person who hates it. Mm. What about what about a principal or a teacher? Uh, is there someone who at school and you don't have to say their name, but like, I mean, there's no one that I really hate. Like, okay. I don't like hating people, but well, um, it does. It's not about hate. It's about someone who disagrees with you and you think is doing the wrong thing. I guess I guess Donald Trump. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, I know it's very hard, and you sound like you have a very um, sweet high school and. There's no, there's no monsters and very lucky, <laughs> very lucky. Do you have any bullies at your school? Not that I know. Of. Well, I don't understand. Like I mean, where is this? Is this a progressive high school? We have a fair share of people, but like most, I would say most people are pretty progressive. Okay. Well, you know what? You're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. Tenery, what do you think? <laughs> food uh, enemy food enemy um actually there is this one kid that was in my that was in my homeroom and um in high school and he always had something to say about like because I, I was a president of a club um students next up and it was wait about, what is that club students next up is like a, uh, a club for uh, activism so there was a teacher strike back in january i'm not sure did you know about oh yeah i know about yeah. teacher strike yeah. so um Basically, like we just kind of help out with a lot of things, like with like we are act like activists. Basically, mm-hmm. um, we help with a strike. We uh, we talked about the the anti gun violence and just st- stuff with that. And um, I remember we made a poster once to 
promote the club. And this one kid um, who shall not be named, um, he would always just come out of nowhere and just be like, oh, yeah, like, why are you guys getting upset over these guns? Like he was like, calm down, basically. Yeah, basically saying like, oh, um, you know, the guns aren't the problem. It's the like it, it's it's uh like they, they aren't the problem at all like they're just like what's the problem with just like um having them there and stuff like that and like they were just talking about um this guy was just t- talking about um how donald trump is like doing the best he can and like he's like the best president as of now and like it was just too like he was just going on and on and on and i would just tell him all right dude like i understand just go sit down i don't want to argue with you and he would just keep going at it and at it and um honestly i would just choose him and i would just sit him down probably he looks like he would eat like a like a like Olive Garden or something, and <laughs> I cannot tell if that's shade or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> I'd feed him some everlasting breadsticks or whatever. Yeah. Called. <laughs> See, I think that would be if you if you could like have someone like that, and you're like, listen, I want to talk to you, but first, here is your favorite thing to eat in the world. Yeah. It it does lower people's guards. If I had pizza, you could probably well you couldn't see, but you can't talk someone out of. I don't think you can talk someone into doing something evil. I think you can talk someone out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works that way. Yeah. You know? Oh, so not only was she, like, making this, these incredible meals, um, feeding the civil rights movement, she was also building an impressive and unprecedented collection of African-American art. As a matter of fact, Duke and Chase was the first black art gallery in Louisiana. It was a restaurant, and it was also the first black art gallery. I mean, because a lot of the stuff, someone like Leah Chase, you have to sit there and look and see where are there holes in my culture? What do what do people need to feel nourished, whole, um, part of a community? And she was doing it in spades because she was not, and she was doing it all while she was still, she was working in the kitchen. She had. 50,000 hats on, and she was doing it all well. So here's how she got into art. A friend of hers, Celestine Cook, took her to a Jacob Lawrence show at Noma, and she fell in love with his art, and then it was over. At 27 years old, she was Leah Chase was nominated to sit on the board of Noma, which is the, the art museum there, and um, she was on it until her death. Mm. 27 years old, already involved in making the world a better place in another way. So some of her collection was purchased, but others were given to her as gifts. And it's all on display in her restaurant, every single piece. And can you can you imagine an art collector who would be like, I have an idea. Let me put all of my precious art next to food. <laughs> but that's how much she wanted to share this this with, with the world. She also, this is a funny story. She, Obama, she's fed a lot of presidents, a lot of celebrities. Obama came to her restaurant. And he tried to eat her gumbo wrong. Here's what she said about his visit. She said, I had to slap him. I said, Mr. Obama, you do not put hot sauce in my gumbo. (laughs) It's like an insulting thing if you ever go to the South. You should put hot sauce on things that are not seasoned. But if things are seasoned, like, it's insulting to the chef. It's like, like, you know, you're like, oh, you didn't cook it right. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) For example, eggs. Eggs are fine. But eggs are better with what? Ketchup? Ketchup. Salt? Pepper? Garlic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little basil. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. Eggs. You don't eat eggs just straight up. <laughs> no. It, no. You got, or you put it on toast. Yeah. Do nah. you ever be, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> I've never tried that. Eggs on. Okay. A fried egg on toast. I have not tried with that. With butter and salt and you drizzle olive oil on it. Forget it. 
Okay. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, and it, but it's messy. Right, mm. Cody? You get yolk all over your hands. Try it with your enemies. Who knows? You might have an enemy who loves uh, fried eggs on toast. The toast has to be good, though. Mm. You can't you can't mess around with bad bread with that egg. Again, everything around the egg has to be delicious in order for the egg to be delicious. Yeah. That's how hot sauce works. So let's talk about Hurricane Katrina, which ravaged New Orleans. That happened in 2005. Just real quick, just for just to set the scene for people. Hoku, what was happening in your life in 2005? Um, How old were you? Uh, I was two. Yeah, so lots were, you, you were like what? Learning how to poop, pee in a toilet. Yeah, yeah. just exploring. <laughs> exploring, figuring out letters, numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember anything as a kid? Were you like, what were you like obsessed with when you were, maybe not two, because I don't know, I don't remember two years old, but. Do you remember early on being like, oh, I really liked princesses, color pink. <laughs> oh, and and now I'm gonna take a guess. Are you out of that phase? Yeah. Are you still are you still into princesses? As a theory. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll go back and watch some Disney movies, but Okay. Put a pin in that, because I have something for you later. That that involves this. That's going to tie this all together. I think I might know. I bet you know what it is. <laughs> okay, Tenery, what about you? 2005, what was happening in your life? Where were you? I think it was four. In and out of diapers? Okay, four, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Four. Um, I don't remember much. Do you Do you know Hurricane Katrina? I, I know about what happened, but I don't know. I don't. I, was, I wasn't there. You weren't there. No. <laughs> four years old. How could you be there? I wasn't there. Hoku, do you know anything about it? Uh, not too much. Okay, no. well, I'll just sum it up with it just basically almost erased New Orleans. The flooding was astronomical. People uh, basically were moved to Houston because they had nowhere to live. And Dookie Chase was uh, absolutely destroyed. So it was filled with flood water. The real damage, well, it was a twofold type of damage in the South. When you hear about flooding, what happens is, A, your house fills with water, your cars float away, you go on the roof and you hope to God a helicopter comes to save you. Number two, when the waters recede, your entire house is filled with toxic mold. It is, it is a, it's not like, oh, it dries out like clothes on a, on a wash line. It is ravaged in a whole different way. And that's what happened to Dookie Chase. Now, did that stop Leah Chase? Absolutely not. You cannot stop this woman. So they, her and her husband, Dookie Jr., I can't stop. A dookie is the best word in the world. <laughs> Lived in a FEMA trailer. Do you know what FEMA trailers were? No. I think I could picture it. FEMA stands for Federal Emergency Management Agency, and they gave out all these trailers, which you will be shocked to know were not nice. And Leah and Dookie Chase Jr. lived next door to the restaurant in a trailer for two years and rebuilt that restaurant. Oh, wow. Two years in a trailer right next to your devast and every day looking outside and seeing how your entire life's work has been devastated. And, but I, it, I should say all of the art was, was saved. Um, now, do you know the song tub thumping by Chumbawamba? No, I do not. Okay. It perfectly encapsulates what Leah Chase's life mantra is. Allow me to play it for you. I get no You get it. Basically, it's one of the best songs of the 90s. 
And uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> she gets knocked down, but she gets up again. She was the original tub thumper. You can quote me on it. As a matter of fact, when Leah died this year, she just recently died, as a matter of fact. She died this this summer, actually. And the obituaries that have celebrated her life have been guilty of saying that she led a charmed life. I don't think she had a charmed life. She made a charmed life, and she built it out of her humble beginnings. She was placed on the shit end of equality by her race and gender and had the internal courage to transcend all of it. So when someone says that someone led a charmed life, that was absolutely architected by that woman. Mm -hmm. So she lived to be 96, cooking until the end, bringing people together with her food in her irresistible orbit. And after her death... Leah and her husband, Dookie, through their family foundation, will continue to help buoy children and women and artists and farmers and musicians and justice leaders through their fund. So they are going to keep helping people even after their death. Okay, let's play a game. This is, I'm going to give you some scenarios that you might find yourself in. And I want you to practice bringing up Leah Chase in the, in the conversation. Okay. 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 So I'm going to give you the answers. (laughs) And then you're going to, all you're going to do is read it. This is just a practice thing. It's not really a game. Okay. These are all scenarios that I have researched by asking people on the internet who have um, female uh, children female identifying children, ages 10 to 19, about what they do. So this might not directly apply to you, these scenarios. You might never find yourself in them. But as a person who is old, it's the only way I know how to connect with you two. Okay, here we go. So I'll just pass this back and forth. Okay, first scenario. So don't take any of this personally. But you might not. The things that come out of your mouth might not be accurate. Okay. So, number one, you're on TikTok, okay? Oh, wow. TikTok. You're on TikTok. Do we both know what TikTok yes. is? Yeah. Cool. I just found out what it is. <laughs> you're just being cool on TikTok, right? Okay. You're just like, look at me. I'm on TikTok. I'm doing, I'm TikToking. You're singing Beyonce's Lemonade. Okay? Then you say with your friends, you're like, TikTok timeout. And then you say this. Do either of you, are either of you on TikTok? No. No. Okay. No. Pretend, pretend you're a TikToker. Okay. 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 This is what you would say to your friends. Okay. It's the one that's circled. And you, and you, in your own voice, in your own attitude, you know, and I know you would use all these words. So I, I, I say this. So this is what you so say. You're like, Hey, I, I need a TikTok timeout. TikTok timeout. And okay. I so I'll say it. So th- this is the scenario. I need a TikTok timeout from singing Beyonce's Lemonade. Uh huh. I got something to share. And this is what you would say. Hey, pals, fun fact about this video. James Beard award-winning chef Leah Chase makes a cameo. Great. See? Perfect. Easy. Natural. Everyone's going to understand what you're saying. So, yeah, Leah Chase, who we've been talking about this whole episode, was in Beyonce's Lemonade video. I did not know that. Yeah. And see, now you can... But see, it's really just... It's not about... It's not really about Beyonce. It's about taking a natural, normal situation that you would both find yourselves in, TikToking. And bringing up Leah Chase so other people know about her. Okay, you're watching the new live-action Aladdin. You're in the theater. I don't know where do you do you go to like a you go to ArcLight Pasadena. What do you what do you where do you like? You like the Grove? Uh, 
do you go do do movies in IRL or do you do them in the comfort of your like do you hide in your closet watch Amazon? How uh, do you do it? Theaters. Okay, so you're at a theater. You're at your favorite theater. You're watching live action New Aladdin. You scream this in the movie theater. Okay, oh. this is what you're going to scream. You're it's, you're going to interrupt everyone's movie situation because you need to educate them about Leah Chase. And here's what you're going to say. Ugh. You know what my favorite Disney movie is? The Princess and the Frog, based on the real life of waitress turned fine dining chef Leah Chase. There you go. I knew it. I knew it was you that knew, movie. I knew you did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so that's true. That's true. And next time you're at any uh, Disney movie where there's a princess, let people know about Leah Chase. See, all I'm saying is look for these connections, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a twofer, this situation. This is you helping your friends to remain healthy and also educating people about Leah Chase. And I'm going to, ju- I'm going to just for myself, I want you to know this one's really sweaty. Sweaty. This is going to be sweaty. Okay. So your friend is about to start jeweling for the first time. Oh, wow. Do you know what jewels are? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you okay. know. Okay. Your friend's about to jewel. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is a twofer. So you're going to read this. And, and I don't know if you have a friend named this, but I just made up this name. I think it's cool. So there you go. All right. You're gonna read that. That's it's, it's. It starts with a T word. I just okay. This is your friend. <laughs> this is your friend's name. Yeah, Trenty. Trenty. My, your friend Trenty. Trenty. Yeah, uh-huh. All right, Trenty. My friend. Jeweling is not cool. It looks like you're smoking a Lego. How do you think female advocate chef Leah Chase would feel to know you are erasing her hard work with every puff on that USB cigarette? Yes, USB cigarette. That's what I call them. <laughs> but you can't store files on them. Oh, <laughs> it's just tobacco. Okay, last one. Now, Hoku, I got it on good authority that you're an avid cupcake decorator. Oh, yeah. 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 I got your number. (laughs) This is what you're going to say when you're just with your pals decorating cupcakes. I don't know. What's your favorite cupcake flavor? Chocolate. Yeah. And then what would you put on as icing? Chocolate. Great. Okay. So you're just chocolate on chocolate. This is a chocolate extravaganza with your friends. And this is you. Everyone's just having a great time. They're kind of in the zone. They're, you know, drawing different, you know, they're drawing Metallica, (laughs) you know, the M into the lightning bolt. Right. You know, you know, Metallica. (laughs) You're that's what you're putting on. Yours are like cool and hardcore. (laughs) And you're just casually going to just say this right here in the middle of it. Oh, you know who would murder this activity? Chef Leah Chase, who opened up one of the first African-American fine dining restaurants in the U.S. And then you just go back to cupcake decorating. (laughs) Do you see how flawless, how easy this is? So go out there, educate other people about Leah Chase whenever you find an inn at a party. And in the meantime, let's just remember, I don't have an ending to this. Sequel is built on the backs of amazing dead women who created the opportunities you have today. Tell other people about this podcast. And since you're still listening, why don't you check out Throwing Shade while you're at it? This episode was researched by Alex Everhart at Alex Icon Devil on Twitter if you want to follow her. Produced by Cody Fisher, edited by Sam Kiefer. And this episode was hosted by Aaron, Hoku, and Tenery. I love to see women. You don't know what it does for me to see 
women in the position that you're in today. I never thought I'd see that. I never thought I'd see women be able to take places in positions that we have today. It is just a powerful thing. I had a young woman come to me. She was an African-American woman. And I said, well, what do you do, honey? She said, I am a retired Navy pilot. Oh, God, that just melted me because <laughs> I knew how hard it was to integrate that Navy. You know, the Navy was the last thing to really be integrated. When this woman told me I have flown everything there is to fly, bombers, this, all kinds of planes, she would just, I was so it just melted me, you know, <laughs> to see how far women have come. Bye. Bye.